3: Transphobic listeners, this is Ashley, your producer and editor. Uh, So, I'm sorry that there was not an intro last week, or rather, last episode. Uh, I really just wanted to get the episode out. Uh, Things have been good, but things have definitely been busy on my end, and uh, since I'm the only one that does a lot of the uh, technical stuff, you know, it's no excuse, but I just wanted to make sure it got out. That said, this cycle we're doing a marathon of South Park. That's right, the foul-mouthed children from South Park, Colorado, uh, talking about whether that is transphobic. There's been a lot of material to cover over 20 seasons. Uh, They claim to be equal opportunity offenders. So, we'll see how offensive it was. So, one of the projects that I didn't get to actually mention, uh, since we didn't do the usual intro last Episode was uh, AJ Mattioli, one of the contributors from last week's or last episode, uh, is showing their documentary, Words, a documentary. And Words is an exploration of identity, a documentary screening. And this is going to be happening on May 13th at 1 p.m. Now, all proceeds of this go to the Ali Fornay Center, which is uh, a group that I also work with through Theatre of the Oppressed NYC, so it'd be great for anyone who's available to come on out see this great documentary and support the Ali forne Center. Uh, Words is the winner of Best Director of a Feature Documentary at the Atlantic City Cinefest, winner of Audience Award for Best Documentary at MEDFF, it's nominated for Best Documentary at Barcelona Planet Film Festival, uh, and an official selection for Corvallis Queer Film Festival as well as Cosmic Film Festival, so it's got a lot of pretty good accolades. Uh, That said, Words is an exploration of how people navigate identity in the open and evolving landscape of New York City, using some of New York City's most fluid scenes as a backdrop. Words investigates the dissonance between self-constructed identity and identities that are projected onto us by society, and how they are contextualized in a range of environments. And once again, that is going to be at the Broadway Comedy Club May 13th at 1 p.m. Tickets are anywhere from 10 to $15. We'll have a link in the description uh, where you can purchase those. So a couple of things coming through Theatre of the Oppressed NYC. Uh, Housing Works Troupe is doing a show called Apartment Complex and that's at 7 p.m. Uh, on Tuesday, April 25th. We're also gearing up for the Legislative Theatre Festival. It is a completely free theater festival put on by a number of our organizations uh, to try and create actual legislative change that we can hold legislators accountable for. Those dates are going to be May 7th. That's a Sunday, 2 p.m. at the Queen's Museum. Uh, There's going to be one on May 10th in Manhattan, 7 p.m. on a Wednesday. That's at University Settlement, Spire Hall. Uh, And finally, May 13th in Brooklyn. That's going to be at the Brick, at 2 pm so whatever borough you're a part of you can come to all three you don't have to just rep your borough but hey come on out for all of them if you'd like uh and you can find more information at tonyc.nyc backslash events our contributor bear spiegel is going to be starring in the show salt kid watches brooklyn burn by katie looney and that's going to be at joe's pub on april 27th tickets are 20 dollars Doors are at 9, show starts at 9.30. Uh, It's about a genderqueer college student in New York City known as Salt Kid, who wakes up with bumps all over their face and not a single memory of last night's trauma. They grapple to stay living in reality as they slowly turn to salt and must tell their loved ones exactly what happened to them. Uh, It's based on true events and infused with indie rock. Salt Kid fights the social snares of Dominator culture within a radical adaptation of the biblical event of Lot's Wife. Uh, It should be a lot of fun. And again, it's got bear in it, so it's going to be pretty awesome. Uh, And you can check that out again, April 27th, $20 at Joe's Pub. The very next night, you can catch my show, Tag Your Dead, uh, on April 28th at 11.30, also at Joe's Pub, as part of the Nasty Women Unite Festival. Uh, It's going to be a whole night of, uh, in that night, it's going to be just theatrical presentations at Joe's Pub. There's also a panel that's happening uh, a little bit earlier in the day, I believe 9 o'clock. That's all in your $20 ticket, Uh, and that's again at Joe's Pub. Uh, at 11.30 on April 28th. Uh, It's also going to be directed by my friend Janelle Zapata, who directed a bunch of my material in uh, the Christmas show that I did, Falsehoods, Fallacies, and Fairy Tales, uh, as well as starring Maybe Burke, who maybe is a friend of the show, not been on the show yet, but we'll get them there. Uh, That said, uh, it's going to be a great night, and if you want to check out the Nasty Women's Unite Festival in general, I would recommend going to nastywomenunitefest.com to see what other things that they have going on because they've also got a number of, I believe they've got a night of film screenings, they've got a night of just stand-up comedy. It's going to be a good time. Now, unfortunately, I won't be able to be there myself because I will be in Cincinnati, Ohio. So if you're in Cincinnati and you're listening, come on out to the Steampunk Empire Symposium. Uh, And you can see me perform my one-person show pass-fail, uh, as well as a number of other panels that I'm going to be on. i got to double-check the schedule. I know I'm there doing a bunch of stuff. I just can't remember all of it off the top of my head. Uh, but it's going to be a good time. And then finally, uh, my show Oddity. We haven't got the dates yet, but it's going to be a part of the Trans Theater Fest at The Brick this coming summer, uh, sometime between July and August. And it's going to be directed by Ariel Mailer, who is of course a contributor but also on this episode Uh, at the time we didn't know otherwise we would have announced it together but yeah it's going to be fun. Alright so some quick notes about this episode Uh, at some points I start talking about SJWs if you've never heard the term it stands for social justice warriors and I never really go into what I'm talking about with that Uh, specifically when I'm talking about them uh, I'm dating it not as a like as the, the derogative way that a lot of people do which I never really understood why it was derogative it's like yeah we're warriors of social justice. Uh, but they they liken it akin to like a keyboard warrior or like someone who doesn't actually go out and do anything. They just complain about it on the internet. Uh, that said, I never actually state my opinion on them. Of course, I consider myself an SJW, a social justice warrior. But if you consider yourself one, you also know that you probably go out in the front line sometimes and uh, you advocate in person as well. So... Just so that you know, when I'm talking about, it, I'm talking about the idea that some folks are are creating it as a pejorative, as some sort of derogatory term uh, for us. Uh, but it, it's weird that the South Park guys never even bring it up, even though it seems like that it would be like the the topic that they would go in in this set of episodes. Uh, I've talked for too long. Here it is, myself, Ariel, V and new contributor Jesse talking about South Park. Take it away, us. Social justice, one, two, three. Woo, woo, I, I want to be PC.
4: Woo, woo. It's just the way to be for me and you. Woo, woo. Your hateful slurs are through. Woo, woo. I call wee-wee on you. Woo, woo. We'll fight until you're PC black and blue. Woo, woo. We are language police fighting bigotry. Hurtful words can suck our turns because it's PC for
5: me. And you! Woo woo! Yeah!
3: Yeah, bro! Yeah, bro. Yeah. yeah, PC, bro! I would normally do a intro where I say, You're entering a world of something, something, but I'm not going to do that now because we're doing too much South Park. Uh, so you're entering South Park, Colorado, a world with foul mouthed children, a world with Caitlyn Jenner hitting people with her car, oh, God, God. and a world filled with Mr. Garrison as President Trump. Well, not yet, at least not in our journey. I'm Ashley Lauren Rogers. And today I'm being joined by,
2: hi, I'm Vivian Aladrin, I use she, her pronouns, and um, I'm a multidisciplinary artist that does a lot of like music and acting and stuff.
1: My name is Ariel Mahler, my pronouns are they, them, and theirs, and I am a film and theater director.
0: Hi, I'm Jesse Krebs, I use they, them, theirs, and I am an actor and I specialize in, you know, writing my own poetry and putting it up and physical acting.
1: Cool. And I use
3: she her pronouns. I just for some reason decided that wasn't important today. But <laughs> so let's let's get into let's get into South Park today. We tackled season nineteen specifically. I asked this group to watch episodes one and episodes eight nine and ten, uh, which I know that there's a whole block in the middle where a lot happened. But I feel like if you had to only watch four, that was a really good spectrum so that you could see the the long game that that season was playing. And normally I'd ask us like oh let's go episode by episode, uh, but I think this one because. We're moving that far into the way South Park has been developing. It's actually a better idea to just look at the season as a whole. Mm -hmm. And again, I'm only holding you to these four episodes, but because it's such a a different long-term storytelling idea, I'd rather just talk about it as a whole. Uh, So who wants to kind of talk about this season, some of the more noteworthy things that
2: happened and... uh, Stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I can always start. (laughs) Um, So, okay, season 19 is uh, the introduction of a character called the PC Principal. All right, listen
4: up. My name is PC Principal. I don't know about you, but frankly, I'm sick and tired of how minority groups are marginalized in today's
2: society. Um, Replacing uh, South Park Elementary's old principal, uh, Principal Victoria.
4: I'm here because this place is lost in a time warp.
2: He's like this sort of college frat boy, like yelling aggressively about like pc culture and like beating up kids students who still use the word retarded because they're not being pc so it's just like very kind of broad strokes like condemnation basically of pc culture a teacher who said women without wombs should get an aids test oh i was a lesbian then at the same time in the season uh we're having some sort of weird facsimile of the presidential debate at the time uh, between hillary clinton and uh, donald trump portrayed by Mr. Garrison, whose running mate is, uh, it's worth noting, is Caitlyn Jenner. Yeah, it is. Um,
4: (laughs) (laughs) That was hilarious when he called her a pizza face. It's like a Papa John's Pimple Party. That was classic, Caitlyn. You're the best running mate ever.
2: Who I'm sure we will all be talking about in much more (laughs) detail in a moment. Near the end, it turns into this big battle against um, ads and sponsored content that kind of got worked
4: in there and- It's like I'm in a black void, trying to
2: reach the news story. But then the next thing I know, I'm reading an ad for Geico. That part was admittedly kind of cool, but like, uh, it's a mess.
0: I jumped in there on the whole, the Absolutely. PC thing. Yeah. I also think it's worth noting that when discussing PC culture, it seems to heavily look at white liberal PC culture. Right. Yes. That's um, a very good point. <laughs> and the, the, the worthy condemnation of that. All wheel, wheel,
4: wheel. You hear that? That's the sound of 2015 pulling you over people. Suck it
3: have a question this like i tried to write down more questions this time around uh as opposed to finding specific examples of things uh i i'm curious what you think their intent was with just focusing on these like white frat bro dudes being the representation of pc like what, what do you think the message was with that
0: i think the concept of not knowing how to take a seat or take a step back i think they looked at that especially in the case of jimmy
4: you're new here so you don't understand how seriously i take my job as editor of the school paper I don't allow ads, and I don't allow anything that might t t t t taint the truth behind what people are thinking. I don't want people to be afraid of words if it stops them from having a dialogue. Look, I don't want to get angry, okay? Why? Are you uncomfortable around people with disabilities? That's okay. Lots of people are.
0: No, I'm not. I am very not uncomfortable. uh, The PC principal is trying to tell him how to feel. Um, If wants to jump in on there.
2: Yeah, um, I'm conflicted because I have a very cynical perspective coming to South Park at this point in time, mostly because I kind of inherently despise uh their kind of moral ground because they have this very the creators have Mm -hmm. this very like oh well we make fun of everything and everyone so it doesn't matter we're cool because we just make fun of everyone and that's a very problematic stance uh to land in and while in some cases some of the things that they point out are valid like you know we're pointing out that like cis male liberal white pc culture does deserve a lot of examination and a lot of um exposure on like the more problematic aspects it also gives them carte blanche to do the stuff that we're going to talk about next session in Season 9, for example. Um, <laughs> so, I'm very cynical whenever I try to address morality of South Park because mm-hmm. I have a lot of baggage considering their inherent moral perspective on the merits of attacking,
1: um, you know, this specific aspect of PC culture. Uh, go for it, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm wondering, though, too, if it, if it allows them to get away with more because they're like, see, we're being critical of straight cis white men, so we can, you know, we can... Do it, we can, I don't know, like I'm worried that, that they are, if, it, if that were not the demographic of these PC police people, um, I think that they would potentially come under a lot more fire. But I'm wondering if it allows them to get uh, away with more problematic stuff because mm. they're like, see, we're punching up, so it's fine, even though they are that demographic. Like from what I understand, the creators of South yeah. Park are pretty much white, cis, heterosexual men, but I don't know. Hmm. We still, yeah.
3: Well, and I'm curious about, like, why they didn't even acknowledge, because usually, like, even within uh, a lot of the other episodes that we're going to talk about, Season 9, way back, they tend to acknowledge when there's criti- when they know that there's going to be criticism. Okay, yeah. And make a joke about that. Like, uh, Mr. Garrison, when he oh, okay. is sex-changing all around, uh, there will always be a person who, because he will always embody this idea of, like, oh, I can't really be a woman because I can't have a baby! And then, like, someone will always throw out, well, my wife can't have a child. Like, well, then your wife's a dude, faggot! Mm. And it's just... So, sorry for using a lot of, like, I, I didn't clear with uh, my panelists yet, but, you know, like, we watched that I mean, part. My time. Thought, yeah. um, <laughs> yeah. So, I, I'm curious, like, why they didn't even include the idea of, like, SJWs or right. something mm-hmm, like, like, yeah. where, where the actual, uh,
2: where a lot of people feel that they actually can criticize or where, you know what I'm getting at.
3: Right, like,
5: right.
2: I mean, the stab that I want to take out it <laughs> is essentially, based on how the first episode of season 19 uh, presented PC culture, <laughs> it felt like the commentary that they were making is, oh, great, we can't have fun anymore because suddenly everybody's sensitive about things and they have feelings about words and people looking, you know, like, whatever, Mm. right? So it's interesting, and I feel like it's worth noting that the finale of it, because, I mean, I know South Park. Every single time they, like, introduce a sudden new, like, recurring character, it's almost always short-lived. Like, Mm -hmm. they're probably gonna get cut out by the end, but the fact that they didn't get rid of the PC principle is kind of a weird nod of like, okay, we actually have to figure out how to make our show still our show and also deal with the fact that we can't just do whatever we want, mm. which sounds like maturity, but again, I'm also very cynical, so it's like- Well,
0: there's such a sympathetic lens turned toward the, oh, we can't make our jokes crowd. Yeah, right. just it's just that It's like
1: that reverse safe space bullshit argument that I just hate mm-hmm. so much. Yeah. It's like people being like, oh, you and your safe spaces, but like, we aren't allowed to have, like essentially oppressive people wanting to have a safe space to be able to say oppressive shit. The whole and I feel like- a safe space. Right, the whole world <laughs> is a safe space for white, straight, cis, able-bodied men. And so this, it feels like this seasonal arc is, is making that argument of like, you PC people aren't letting us be free and not letting express our, like, racist and transphobic and ableist views. Like, yeah. how dare you?
4: We can't just go walking in there. Why not? This is a safe space. We're not allowed past this. When you breach a college safe space, you're crossing the most sacred human boundary
3: well, there is. If you've been following uh, this specific... Like, if you've watched the entire season, there is an entire episode dedicated to safe spaces. Mm-hmm. And uh, truthfully, I find it unwatchable because I feel like part of it is... I, I don't, okay, so I'm going to posit this idea. I think that by the end, based on a lot of the decisions that they made by the end, they are actually saying, we are working towards trying to figure this out and it's hard. But at the same time, they have to acknowledge that, well, we have to figure out what people are are actually arguing so that we can figure out a way to to navigate it. Uh, Because specifically, the very last line in this season was, this is gonna be really hard. This is gonna be really hard. And I know that sounds like it's just sort of like a throwaway thing, but that could have been a, this is going to suck. Right. Or this is going to, like, ah, oh, fuck this. Or, like, Mr. Garrison could have taken a crap and thrown it at PC Principal. Right. There's a lot of things that they could have done that they didn't do. They acknowledged this is going to be hard. Right, right. And I think that by the end, and especially the idea of, like, PC Principal, you, you have, uh, oh, fuck, I wrote it down. Your species took PC and twisted it for evil purposes. Hmm. I don't know, There were, there was a lot where it's almost like, they were saying that, you know what? We had this idea, and the ad companies are almost taking that right, as well. Right, Like, right. It's, it's almost like we're both in the same fight right.
1: mentality, which, I don't know. Like, I have well, a question on that, but I wondered if... Yeah, so sorry. to me, the I mean, I'm really, I was, like, so curious and confused by the advertising PC, like, link. And mm-hmm. I think that was... I mean, they were kind of setting it up as, like, who's really behind this? What's going on? They were setting it up that way. Mm-hmm. But I think what we're getting at is something interesting here, which is, like, there, there, there are almost kinds of two, two different kinds of PC culture. And if what is being critiqued, as some of you are saying, is white liberal pc culture that is also the community going into neighborhoods and gentrifying like i'm down to critique that mm-hmm. but i just don't know if they critiqued it smartly enough you know what i mean like i don't know if they because it's south park i mean nobody expects like an academic dissertation but that would be a great academic dissertation but anyway <laughs> um if that's what's being critiqued i'm totally down with it but i'm, I'm not sure that it, it they did it well enough
0: well there was no other kind of uh, politically correct or liberal culture to compare right, it to right, that's a good point yeah like i think, I think that would be more effective if they <laughs>
2: Yeah, I think like the closest example and the closest experience, and like honestly of the four episodes that I watched, the single best moment in my opinion was uh, in the talk between uh, Jimmy and the PC principal.
4: I'm sure you're feeling confused and a little unsure of yourself. I'm not confused at all, actually, PC principal. Okay, well, no, you are confused. I'm pretty sure you're the one that's confused, but go ahead. Because you don't grasp the severity of this.
2: Mm-hmm. Which yeah. was just like, was yeah. you know, where he was just calling him out. I was like, listen, are you uncomfortable around disabled <laughs> people? Because right, a yeah. lot of people are. <laughs>
4: Do you want to ask him what he means by that? Or are you just pandering because you're uncomfortable around disabled people? I am not uncomfortable!
2: It's like this right. moment of like, this is a perspective that's valid. Right. Like, mm-hmm. uh, within, you know, the rules of the, of the world itself. And I feel like, kind of pulling it back, um, I feel like the big problem that we're all muddling through with this is that we have a very unreliable source. These okay. two, the people who've South Park, has essentially spent, you know, 18 seasons prior to this Doing whatever they wanted, right. yeah. mm-hmm. Like, and we have a lot of examples, and I'm sure like you've already recorded like and talked about a lot of examples where South Park, without kind of a higher awareness, is just like, oh, well, we can just do whatever we want, haha. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so it's a difficult behavior to unlearn in a show that has been so financially uh, successful for these two. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's also in no way, shape, or form defense for like, you know, I... yeah, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> just kind of on
3: that note, um, the way that I always look at these guys ever since ever since they stopped trying to just say dildo and then sh- like st- shit like that. And they started saying like, all right, this us just being shock is not going to work. We need to, if we're going to shock, we need to have a real concept behind it, like a real message. And they started getting more into uh, political analysis uh, analysis. I kind of looked at them a lot like George Bernard Shaw, mm-hmm. which I know I'm surrounded by theater folks. So yeah. uh, like, and because Shaw was always really good at looking at a thing and saying, okay, we know that we feel this is good. But how is it in, even if it's absurdist, how is it in practice?
1: Right, right. right.
3: And so that's why I kind of I've always liked them. But at the same time, sometimes it doesn't work as well as other times. And especially reflection, like I look at, they were definitely trying to say that with um, a, an episode that we'll get to, so we'll analyze it later mm-hmm. uh, in the, the in another episode. But the, um, the one where Garrison first has their sex change.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: And... It definitely was their mentality of like, oh, well, then why can't you change your race? Why can't you change this? And so they were making a political point. Uh, but even then, that was 10 years ago. And, That's true. And so I'm not necessarily, I, I want to be on the defensive for them, not necessarily because I'm 100% in defense of them. I want us to attack them. But because I do think that there is
1: some value. Right. But. <laughs> well, to me, it brings up that, that actually brings up the point of like, is it worth going there? Mm-hmm. even if you might mess it up, like, mm-hmm. or not having the conversation at all. Mm-hmm. So so along the lines of what you're saying, like, they're not doing it perfectly, they're pandering to their audience, which is a very specific type of audience, they're, you know, presenting it from their perspective, but at least they're opening the door to a conversation, at, you know, even if it's a problematic conversation, even if, at least they're going there, as opposed to, as you were saying earlier, just like continuing to say dildo and think that's funny. So there is something to be said about at least going there Yeah, at all. I would have never thought to use offensive imagery and outrageous stereotypes to provoke someone to open their eyes. So I'm PC now? But if you're going to go there, you have to do so responsibly, I Especially
0: feel. if you have the traction that this kind of show right, has. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: it's like,
2: again, I feel like I feel it, t- it ties back to kind of their moral center. Is like, we had, by their perspective, it's like, well, you know, if the world could just chill out and, like, just not be, you know, so uptight about, like, X, Y, Z, whatever. Like, because essentially 90% of their moral arguments kind of just boil down to, like, well, if we're all just, like, cool about it and not, like, weird, then, like, what's the problem? Right. Mm-hmm. Which is very idealistically naive. Right, yeah. Because, you know.
1: Like, I feel like this show is going to make cishet white able-bodied men feel good about being able to be offensive. Like, I feel like this show is mm. makes them like, oh great, see, it's fine for me to say these things because everyone just needs to chill out. And yeah. like, right, it's easy for you to say everyone needs to chill out when you're not like, in any way marginalized with your identity.
4: Hi there, you got a minute for gay rights? Gay rights, jeez, you already got all
0: those. What the hell do you want to do now? It's sort of reflective of how right now everyone's, not everyone, a lot of people are going, coming under this idea that the country needs to unite, that we need to come to compromises when right, we really right. can't come to compromises. Right, right. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Yeah. Um, and actually that kind of brings up a, a point that I wanted to bring up in near the end of the season mm-hmm. when um, the whole like PC fraternity like gathers together and they're like, we're the victims now. Yeah, <laughs> we're <right>. marginalized <laughs> because, right. because they're saying things about us that that's not true. All I know is that
4: I don't speak up for minorities so that I can crush pussy. Me neither, dude. I want social justice now I'm being made fun of. Yeah, bro. They're taking our incredibly tolerant views and distorting them. PC people are under attack. That's what this is. Hey, yeah. Bro, we're the victims now. Like, we're being marginalized. Like,
2: that makes us pretty cool. Yeah, I'll bet now we can get a lot more puss. No, tofer! It's not about puss, all right? Like, it's that, it was a very, it was like my second favorite moment of the four episodes of just like, because I know these people, I know these yeah. annoying, like, white guys that are like, oh, well, you're picking on me, so now I'm oppressed, you man. Know, like, <clears throat> no, you're not. <laughs> but... <laughs> the
4: wrong with you? We're being labeled as meatheads who just want to crush puss by an intolerant newspaper. Yo, f*** that, dude, bro. Yeah, and like, if you're gonna belittle and make fun of PC people like that, then who's to say he won't do it to other marginalized groups like us? I mean, this kid could be the next Hitler. And if you guys could stop Hitler, what would you do? I'd rip that dude apart and then go home and totally smash some puss, bro. Yeah!
2: Yeah! No! Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a weird tangent, but it, like, it kind of reminded me of um, an episode of uh, Parks and Recreation uh, where the MRAs like, showed up and they're like, you're not letting us have a, have a time to talk. And <laughs> Leslie is just like, okay, you're pointless. Just go away. <laughs> Which
3: was one of my favorite moments in Parks and Rec. Yeah, it's like, yeah, so good. Yeah. But... Um, so let's talk about Caitlyn Jenner. Oh yeah. Oh, oh, let's yeah. talk about Hi, Caitlyn uh, Jenner. In this. Um, so
4: you like apples? Oh, how you like them apples?
3: Hey, it's Caitlyn Jenner. The the very first episode, I thought that they brought her in in the first episode. I didn't realize that it was like not for another episode or two that they actually physicalize her. Um, I just. Is this the first I,
1: season I, that she's in? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: I just. I just.
5: <laughs> uh, well. Yeah.
0: I just. Oh oh my god. Um. Of mm. um. So, Caitlyn Jenner, um, of of anything to kind of make fun of about her, why why characterize her physically the way they characterize her in the show? She looks like no other female character in the show. Right. They have really, really done something very different, and it pisses me off. Mm. <laughs> um, because I mean. Th- they, they want to make fun of every celebrity, right? But why not go after the fact that she came out against gay marriage? Yeah, right. Why go Why go after her looks and not something like that? <laughs> like, and there's why?
1: That, Yeah, they're, they're definitely, like... I'm totally into being critical of Caitlyn Jenner, but they're being critical of the wrong thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. there's that whole thing where they're like... That, that whole, like, wearing the mustache situation oh my where, like, God. what well, is so f- the, the butt of the joke is the fact that she's trans, right? Yeah, They're man. like, oh, we couldn't wear a mustache because that would be ridiculous. Like, it's this whole thing. And I'm like, there's so much to be critical of with Caitlyn Jenner. And that's what you go for.
4: Uh, I'm not pulling on a mustache. I look
5: silly.
0: And the fact that all the jokes between her and Mr. Garrison are about having STDs. Right, like, what right. a freaking, like, stab. Right. Mm, right. Yeah. yeah.
1: And then, you know, like, I think the first time that we're introduced to, she isn't on the show yet, but we're introduced to her name, is the PC principal saying, what is it, Kyle says that she's, like, not a hero or whatever. She's not yeah. a personal hero. Um, and it's just, like, there was, there's, like, a nuance there that I want to figure out because because you, people, a lot of the, the, the cis world, in a lot of ways, does try to say that Caitlyn Jenner is a hero when most trans folks that I know are, like, mm, not so much. Kyle's already got two weeks of detention. For what?
4: Just because he said something about Caitlyn Jenner. Oh, Caitlyn Jenner, she's a hero. She is stunning and brave. Stunning. She is absolutely
1: beautiful and an inspiration. Yep, yep that's right. They're, atta- they're, they're attacking. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to figure this out. I'm trying to figure out why it bothers me. Is it? It
0: kind of bothers me because at the end of the day, I don't really care what cis folk think right. about this. <laughs> right. I just don't. I don't care <clears throat> what these characters think. <laughs> okay, so
2: if I was trying to take a stab at like the problem that I'm facing with it, is that it sets up this perspective in episode one. And they don't do a great job of it, but it's, mm. like, a tiny sliver of nuance where Kyle's like, look...
4: I didn't even say she wasn't a hero! I just said she isn't a
2: hero to me! Which, like, is the point that I made initially about mm. Caitlyn Jenner, right. is, like, right. coming yeah. out in her stance, mm. in her perspective in the world that publicly, mm. yeah, that takes courage. Yeah, in some ways, that's a good step forward for trans people. Mm. But her, herself, her policies, her ideologies, whatever, that shit is not great. Right. And you need to be able to have... Both, because people aren't just good or bad.
1: You're not mm. just a hero or a monster. Mm.
0: And why know? did it have to be a cis white student talking about this? Why couldn't <laughs> it have? Where is the trans student? And that's the only trans <laughs> the representation
1: she... that we get on that show is mm-hmm. Steven Jenner and like the yeah. you know, and Mr. Yeah. Mr. Garrison, cast. which is yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, well, and and very because I I 100% agree with you on that. Like I. I am, I think, even if it wasn't in this episode, even if it was episode three or four, they introduce a trans character and they're like, oh, don't you think Caitlyn Jenner is, what is it, Something and Amazing? Stunning and, and Brave. Stunning and Brave. Mm-hmm. Don't you yeah. think so? And it's just like, I, ju- I don't know, I'm just kind of doing my thing.
0: Right. Like
3: that, I don't know, like that, that could have worked. Uh, but the, and yeah, uh, I, I will say, the one thing I do love about the Caitlyn Jenner character as portrayed in South Park is anytime they have to travel. Fuck for that, fuckaroos! She will be
1: driving, yeah. and she will hit somebody with her car. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Why I am left with yeah. <laughs> right, like, I mean, that. Yeah, right. That was in. like her defining characteristic. Like the fact that she's the Republican running mate. There's yeah. something. There's nice. There's something and good this, about that. Yeah. Let's make fun of that. Let's make fun of her. You know, political views. Let's mm-hmm. make whatever you want to say. But it's like they're being critical of people who are critical of people who are critical of her. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. Wow. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> something. Like, critical like, section. It, yeah. It's such it a. Is. It's it really such is. really a departure from the issue. Yeah. Yeah.
3: In a way. Um. I did kind of like her as much as yeah. It was mostly about like STDs, but it was I did kind of like her camaraderie with Mister Garrison because mm-hmm. there is a certain as bullshit as all of his arcs were with trans and queer issues. There is something about like well, he's got this he's got this experience, right. mm-hmm. and I, I do think it's kind of cool that the two of them found that and the like. Even though yeah, they're they're joking around about like having STDs and shit. Like yeah, they're doing it to other people too. Uh, I mean, they're they're giving it to Hillary Clinton, which yeah, you mm-hmm. know like all right, why not? Um... Yeah, like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't think that she was totally irredeemable. I do like seeing her on South Park, but yeah. at the
2: same time, yeah, it's, there's a lot of bullshit.
3: Right. right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And, I mean, I guess another kind of complaint that I have, especially mm. considering the amount of South Park that somebody in this room subjected me to... Uh, uh, hey, <laughs> I watched <laughs> more. Um, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> and if you asked me if you had to watch more, I definitely would have. Um, I was making a point. Um, South Park historically has a weird thing about always making trans people... Very shockingly visible yeah. when they show right. up on the show, and it's never is never sympathetic, and it's never no. like from a place of empathy, or it's just like, ha ha ha, look at the weirdo, right. which yeah. is like, okay, thanks a lot, that's right.
1: great, yeah. cool. And it kind of goes back to a point that you made earlier, Jesse, about something different, but like, if they had a. I mean, it's South Park, so I don't know what I'm asking for, but if they had, like, a more diverse <laughs> representation of transness, mm-hmm. being critical of Caitlyn Jenner would be one thing. Mm-hmm. But if that's, like, one of the only, only characters you have, and you're choosing that person, and you're making fun of her in the way that you are, it's like, like, if they also showed other people, it might be a little bit more forgivable. But mm. it's just like, okay, this is our trans representation, and we're going to, you know. Yeah. Mm.
3: So uh, one thing that I forgot when rewatching the episode was that uh, in the very beginning, PC Principal is talking about all of these uh, people that are in the town and citing examples of like, bullshit that's gone
1: on. Like the...
4: A white man who thinks he's Chinese and built a wall to keep out Mongolians. Oh, I hate a
3: Mongolians. Uh, like all these other things. And I forgot that he called out the fact that Randy and uh, Cartman both dressed as women just to use the women's bathroom. People claiming to be advocates
4: of transgender rights, but really just wanting to use the women's bathroom.
3: Yeah, yeah. Which, which was an episode that we had uh, just covered, but it was interesting because after watching that and then coming back to these, it was just like, oh, okay, you're at least yeah. calling yourselves out on that as bullshit. Okay. I mean, it's to make the audience laugh about, like, nostalgic, hey, remember that time Randy was Lord? But I, I don't know why old-timey prospectors <laughs> are watching the show, but... I mean, reason. Yeah, but, um... Yeah, I don't know. It's just... It, <laughs> Yeah, what What are your thoughts on this idea of calling themselves, like, do you think that they're doing a good enough job calling themselves out on this on the bullshit when they do it, or do you think uh, it's just for comedic nostalgia?
1: Well, one thing I'll say to preface what I'm about to say is that I didn't know that that was actually in reference to a previous episode, because mm. I didn't see that much South Park, so I didn't know that that actually happened, but when that comment was made, it it bothered me because I feel like they are saying that, like, people actually do this, right? Yeah. Like, this is the mm. thing that, that cis people seem to be so afraid of, that, like, Cis men are going to dress as women and use the, the women's restroom for creepy reasons. And South Park is saying, like, this actually happens. We're going we're gonna to talk about the fact that this happens. Which, like, you know, so, so I feel like it's perpetuating the idea that people actually do this. Which, to me, is is not fair. They of. could
0: have easily just said that, you know, there are students using offensive language. Right, as opposed right, to right, highlighting right. this thing that Cis people seem to be so afraid of and right. think was so prevalent. <laughs> the, the, yeah, that was actually an episode, wasn't it? Yeah, yes. it was. yes. I actually yeah. saw that episode. <laughs> it
3: was... Uh, it happens. <laughs> yeah, I, I already critiqued it, so listeners will know what I said about it. But uh, yeah, I was in favor of Randy being lord. I was not in favor of him being lord so that he could go use
2: Linthrifter. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's the long and short of yeah, it. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. I Yeah, essentially. I was with you all the way up until okay. then. I still refuse um, to believe that Randy is not lord. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I, I feel like, again, I'm very cynical about the creators, so there's a part of me that's like, yeah, they're, it felt to me like, they're like, Yeah, all that, like, stuff that we did that was really funny, but, like, no, I guess we can't do it anymore, because, like, people are upset about it. Yeah. I don't know if that's how they talk, but that's how they talk in my head. It's exactly how they talk. It it Um, feels lazy. Like, I feel like you can be
0: funny without marginalizing people. And the fact that they're complaining about the fact that they have to find a new way to be funny is frustrating. And this is coming from someone who, like, I I watch all of South Park, you know, I'm... I'm a fan of many things that they do, but mm. it feels lazy to me. Yeah.
3: yeah. yeah. One of the, the other things that I took note of that I, I loved from the, the first episode in this season was that they first they made a point to make fun of Brett Favre's... I think it was Brett Favre, or I might just be throwing a random NFL person to yeah, the bus. Brett Favre. Yeah. yeah, Brett Favre, and like the, the lazy clap at the Arthur Ashe Award uh, ceremony. Yeah, see, there's
4: still people out there like Brett and Favre who think that when we all stand up and applaud Caitlyn Jenner at the ESPY Awards, he can get away with one of these bullshit claps. It's, it's called, called clapping far, what the
3: f- are you doing? And you washing your hands? And then they fucking showed it oh, at yeah, the yeah, end yeah, during yeah. the That's like great. because they they were like, I kind of loved the self congratulatory pat on the back thing that they did. Yeah, like we're doing find... such a good job, everybody. And then they cut to Brett Favre. Like... Yeah.
5: yeah.
2: <laughs> but I'm I'm curious. Like, that do was you also think... the episode? Correct me if I'm wrong. Was the episode mm-hmm. where um they were also working on Tom Brady, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they really went in on all these NFL folks.
3: Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, because if Tom Brady, because t- if you to- if Tom Brady's accused of. Uh, cheating, then you go. No, you're cheating. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Now you're bringing the law. Up. Uh, well, I'm, I'm curious if you like. I'm curious if you think whether their intent, and I know that it's hard to necessarily um, like speak about another person's intent, but I'm curious, like, if you think that their intent with this whole season was just the idea of this is not what I intended. Like the idea of because that that was a line that was said, mm-hmm. and it's just like it was said by Kyle at the end of the episode. Just this idea of like this
4: is so wrong. I can't let it continue. This is not ever what I
3: intended! I didn't want this to happen. Like, but also Cartman is shooting tacos and bringing out children and Jared from Subway. And, like, I I don't know. Like, do you, like, is, is there something in what they were saying to say, we didn't intend for terrible shit, but sometimes you need to look at terrible shit so that you can get
2: past it? Like... Okay, so there was an episode of South Park Mm -hmm. way, way, way back. Mm -hmm. And this is South Park, so it's already graphic, but, like, it stuck out in my mind as being notably graphic Hmm. because Cartman, in order to get revenge on some school bully... (laughs) Sorry, I know which one I'm talking about. Yeah, and, like, again, just fair warning, extra gross, but he (laughs) killed the kid's parents and turned them into chili, I think it was, and fed it to them. Yep. So whenever we try to talk about... The moral stance of South <laughs> uh, Park. that kind of comes back to my mind—and I'm like, yeah. to a certain extent, exactly how moral are we talking here? Because mm. they were totally on board to do right. horrifically, shocky, grotesque things. Mm. Mm-hmm. So for them to have a weird thing about, like, man, we didn't intend for this to be terrible. I'm like, or right, really, like they're—they're—I <laughs> okay.
1: they're, think related also to your question, actually. Like, they're saying it's like the question of like how far is too far Mm. you know like oh we didn't mean for it to go this far how far is too far and i feel like they're critiquing people who go too far in the pc direction Mm. and yet they go too far in a very different direction Mm. so it's like you can't critique people who go too far and then go too far yourself in other ways right so Mm -hmm. so that that to me I don't know. And in terms
0: yeah. of storytelling, like I want to know from them. Obviously, not gonna find that out, but like, is Cartman the villain? Like, is he genuinely a villain? I don't know mm. that he's presented as such. That would answer a lot of questions for me, really. Right. If at the end of the story arc that is the case, right. you know. Mm. I am surprised
2: that he took as much of a backseat in the story arc as he did, because mm. usually they absolutely love putting him front and center and in, in like in support of whatever horrifying, evil, messed up thing. Because mm. like for me, it's not really. A question on whether or not cartman is villainous mm. I,
0: no, I think seasons he upon
2: seasons of his behavior is yeah, shown but it's just like do they mm. think he is do the creators
0: oh, i'm questioning yeah, no, that no of course yeah no absolutely but well, how are they thinking of him mm. now, is my question
3: from from what i've heard they also wanted to model him after archie bunker Was mm-hmm. the the idea was like can we create this the, the and the only way that we could create another archie bunker type character instead of going like old man it would have to be young child hmm uh partially because he would have the capacity to learn but he never will and partially because kids can get away with saying a lot of things but it's also funnier when you hear a child say horrifying shit. so uh, that's as far as like cartman's character that's uh that's where they were going with him huh. uh, and kind of to that note very much like they set up in the first scene the first episode the idea that like all right i'm gonna be cartman i'm gonna be Cartman, and i'm gonna take down pc Principal, and he does it by basically implying that he's going to entrap the PC principal into uh, raping Butters. Right. And then PC principal takes it in a completely other direction, destroys the bathroom with Cartman's face, because he said, uh, "Well, it was he he salesman or something. What was it? It was uh, yeah yeah it, yeah. It was like basically spokesman. Spokesman. And then PC principal went off on spokesperson. People like, are you saying that men and women yeah and. So Cartman took that back seat because it was almost like... I, I wonder if they were implying then that because of PC culture, Cartman either has to reassess and step back, or Cartman has to... Uh, is uh, just brought down. Like, they've, they've completely...
2: I, I mean, it would explain why he has such a backseat role in The Argument, because because mm. I feel like as much as I have been, and I've been spending this entire podcast basically shitting on the creators of South Park, <laughs> which, like, sorry, but not really. Um... Uh. But they're not idiots. They're morally kind of naive, and I don't really like them. Mm. But they're not idiots, and I feel like they had to realize at some point in time that if they made Cartman do the thing that he does best, which is horrifying and evil and messed up, to destroy PC culture, then they'd be playing into a narrative that would just paint them as shitty people Mm -hmm. perpetually. So they couldn't just cartman their way out of PC culture Mm -hmm. which I guess is also the point of the end of the season is like we can't actually get rid of it or else people are gonna like just actively condemn us instead of like half condemn us like we all do right now (laughs) where it's like sometimes (laughs) you do something that's all right so I guess that's fine right so Mm -hmm. because like even even in this podcast like I feel like we've all pointed out like yeah there are moments in these four episodes that were legitimately great But there are also a lot that warrants. So
3: So I'm curious if there were any moments that stuck out to you as actually very funny, like things that made you audibly laugh, things that were just like, okay, that was pretty good. Uh, Were there any, is there anything that stands out to you as like,
1: I think made me laugh in like a sad, this is real, I'm glad they're going there kind of way was the moment that we already brought up where PC Principal, I think, says, um, and I know a thing or two about the rights of disabled people, right, it's just like, oh yeah, that is actually an attitude that a lot of people have, unfortunately, mm. that you know best for what this person needs. Mm. so it wasn't like a joyous laughter, but it was like, yep, yeah, that's a thing. Yeah. Um, I, also, I also, well, I, I actually was, uh, one moment that really had me laughing was all of the different town names of the places that were <laughs> <laughs> like, all of the, you know, and it's just so real, especially living in New York, where it's like Soho and Dumbo and all these, like, you know, I, I felt like that, that, I'm glad that they went there and that made me laugh, and all the, going through all the, like, names of all the different villages that were popping up, um, yeah, um, no dofopa or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> I
0: thought the story arc on gun culture. There's only one thing we can do. We have to get guns. Guns. It's the only way for us to be safe.
4: Cow. even if we thought it could help protect us, how are we all going to get our hands on guns?
0: All right, cool. We got guns. Was... So that was... <laughs> yeah, that was... i had some, some laughs at that one like the, the fucking gun show like the gun show um <laughs> was, like the yorkshire cult oh, yeah, you know for like walking the do like yeah. um i thought that was so Park gun, gun show we've good. had
4: over two thousand gorgeous guns come through this arena today it's been whittled down to seven the winners from each group david take us down the line first we have the beautiful yorkshire 33 millimeter with proud owner steven stock an absolutely gorgeous gun david the playful and lovely Australian semi-automatic owned by Father Maxi. That,
2: that well um, so the friend that I was watching this with, um, she, uh, she was born in um, Bermuda, and she's currently living in Canada. So she's not really, like, privy to a lot of, like, American culture. Um, and she was watching this, and she's like, this is the most American thing I think about. <laughs> <laughs> a family. all pointing guns at each other to talk about their feelings. <laughs> he
3: pulled one on me first, Sharon.
4: Because you wouldn't talk to me, Dad stanley let your mother and i deal with this i told you to leave him alone god i hate this family why are you always taking stan's side whoa whoa shelly
2: put down the gun shelly like this is like peak american cartoon isn't <laughs> right? it if right, only right. we had these
0: sooner was my favorite line
3: uh, there, the, the, the the big one that got me was, um, I, and maybe I shouldn't have been laughing at it, but that whole, like, who, who wrote this? Who used this word? I'm gonna break their fucking legs. And then it was Jimmy. Oh, yeah, it was just oh, like, yeah, oh, yeah. Mm, oh, PC principal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then it's just, you gonna yeah, break yeah. his legs, Jimmy? <laughs> yeah. You gonna break his legs, PC principal? Who is in charge of the school paper? Because I'm about to break their fucking legs.
4: Uh, he's in charge of the school paper. You gonna break his legs, PC
5: Principal? <laughs> like, oh,
2: right. and oh, uh, like, okay. And then there's one other like the line where, um, where uh, PC Principal brought in Nathan, and Nathan was like doing the whole thing, yeah. "I'm gonna pretend to like, you know, fall mm-hmm. into exactly what he expects me to be." Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, like he's like, "Yeah, you see how that hurts his feelings." And Jimmy's like, "Are you gonna ask him about how he feels, or are you just pandering because you're uncomfortable?" Yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which yeah. was yeah. just <laughs> great. That was great. I was that like, was okay, was this nice. is really just great. So,
1: <laughs> and I also thought a lot of their commentary on ads was was clever, like mm-hmm. all of the. Like, they're, you know, they're trying to do research and then they just like end up at the shoe store oh, buying and yeah, they're like, What? How did this happen? How did we get here? <laughs> whoa, 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 wait, 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 what what were we doing again? Um, and how like ads are becoming more clever and all of the like, scroll here to see like the 10 worst celebrities, with, you know, that have gotten Botox or whatever the things were. I liked, I liked the way yeah. that they did that.
3: Yeah, I actually think that their their whole like ad uh, storyline
2: was very funny
1: and yeah, very, very yeah, intelligent. Yeah, absolutely.
2: The, the moment when Jimmy was like, it was like pulled out of the, the interrogation room, he's like...
4: Does she know she's an ad? He can't spot them. Does he know Yeah, that
2: was good. Yes! <laughs> was yes. Uh, it was like a weird, like, ex machina sort of uh, situation. And, and everybody was like, listen, Jimmy, you're thinking with your dick. Uh, <laughs> I'm not! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah
3: like, I, I, I almost, I feel like there's a reason that ads and pc was brought up in the same thing and i don't think that they necessarily connected it with enough of a button right and i don't know if that was intentional to not alienate their anti-pc audience or whether because i feel like their actual message was about how pc culture can exist if we're going to call it that uh and that it can be used and perverted by ad companies mm-hmm. in the same way that what they're doing can be right but again maybe i'm giving them too much credit but it's a really
1: interesting way to look at it that yeah. like totally reframes it if
3: that's true but, but like I say, like, I don't think that they put enough of a, like, this is what we're saying. And maybe they don't right.
1: need to beat us over the head. But I think they could have given us a little bit more of something to say, yeah, this is actually what we're saying. Well, I think mm-hmm. in defense of that argument is the fact that it's all these, like, straight, cis, white, able-bodied men that are, you know, co-opting PC culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, the the I actually was I was uh, interested in the art, the, like, oh, everybody thinks that we're using this just so we can... And this is the language that they use. Um, smash some pussy, I believe, was the Rush, language. Push, was. Push. Crush, excuse me, crush, the pussy crush. Right, the pussy crush right. But it's like it's the idea that like these men are using this culture for like creepy sex things, which is actually it's like I'm glad that they're talking about that issue too. They're like co-opting mm-hmm. this movement for their you know sexual gratification. Mm-hmm. But I think I think just it's a question what? of did they go there hard enough? And because I, I think that you know there are people who are watching South Park who aren't thinking about it that way and are mm-hmm. just thinking like yeah, PC culture sucks, and they're not necessarily. I don't know that they're getting brought to that level of awareness, but maybe that's, I mean, that's probably not why they're watching South Park, so, yeah.
0: Yeah. We keep talking about this concept of, is it worth having the conversation if you at least go the distance, in the words of Hercules. (laughs) Um, But do they actually (laughs) go the distance? Because it kind of just feels like they're discussing all of these issues through a very specific white male lens. I'm not entirely sure there is a distance. Yeah, like, Mm. you know, I,
2: I, I feel like we keep on clinging to, like, Jimmy's commentary because it was pretty much the only... Commentary from a person who has kind of a leg to stand on uh, in the whole like PC culture situation.
1: Mm, right, that's true. That's true. Mm. So, but
2: like we had nobody else. Every single other voice in it was a cis white man. You're right. Mm. You're right. Literally every single one who was talking about it
0: the only and other person who might have been able to provide some insight would have been token who is named token Right. yeah,
1: um, yeah. yeah. and yeah anytime you had a character that was not a straight white man they were being made fun of except mm-hmm. for jimmy like mm-hmm. uh, jimmy who who actually like you're saying pointed out the criticalness of it yeah but mm-hmm. you know also i feel like we have to talk about classy at some point yeah, yeah. that was that thing was, but that yeah. was like that i mean that could have been another opportunity mm-hmm. where that person could have leveraged you know that identity differently mm-hmm. like or th- they could have commented on that differently mm-hmm.
3: I will admit to laughing very hard at, the, at uh, most of what Classy was doing, uh, uh, but uh, like I, I will admit that and also say that it's fucked up. Yeah, right. But yeah. I will admit that yeah, I was laughing, uh, especially the Classy Mobile. Oh, yeah. like that one. Yeah. And again, I'm I'm not saying that it's good. Uh, yeah. I'm not saying that. But at the same time, like I would be lying if I say that I didn't laugh. Right. I, I think that it's at least worth noting, like, yeah, that's all right. But, yeah. yeah. I question why they thought,
0: like, I, I see them kind of using that whole, oh, it's like she's a superhero joke, but why is it a joke that she's a superhero? Yeah, Like, right. maybe she is fucking powerful. Maybe she is powerful, like, right. you know? Right. Why did that have to be the butt of a joke?
2: Yeah. yeah. I will also point out that I'm horrendously immature, and just the visual, like, Classy Mobile itself, it was just, I just, I, I laughed. <laughs> it was a funny... It was a funny moment and like just strictly from like mm. a writing jokes sort of thing, mm. they brought up exactly how her name is spelled. I think like That's literally three times. Yeah. Mm.
4: My name is Classy with an I and a little dick hanging off the C that bends around and f the L out of the A S S. Nice to meet you, Classy.
2: And you got to see it actually. Yeah. On the third one. So it was just it was it was a very well set up joke. I wish that it wasn't as shitty as it was. Yeah. Is essentially where we are. Or at least where I am.
5: Yeah.
0: Once again, it comes up to that whole that whole question of representation. Like, could have class, could classy have been potentially funny if there were other representations of black women, if there right. were other representations of sex workers. Right. But she, she is the only one. Mm. Mm. And
2: also South Park's history on sex yeah. workers is Tremendous Not stuff. kind. <laughs> yeah. It's in remotely, it's about what you'd expect. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe worse. Are there any elements of uh, the episodes that we watched or other episodes
3: within the season that we feel we haven't talked about that we should talk mm. more about, mm. or should we go
2: on to judgment? I feel like there might be something in, because, you know, I watched a lot of South Park when I was really little, Mm -hmm. in kind of its earlier years, and then I kind of vanished off the face of the earth from it um, Mm -hmm. until, like, recently, and I'm noticing that they've turned the character of Randy from just, like, a generic dad into (laughs) this, like, naive, like, Mm starry-eyed man-child, and I feel like there's something in that (laughs) perspective that is kind of wholly unique to, like, shitty sitcom television. Because, like, you have incompetent dads, you have, like, you know, loser parents or whatever, and you have naive characters. But to have, like, a naive, childlike, innocent, bad father is kind of a weird character that I kind of love, mm. even though it's just... I've weirdly accepted him, in like, yeah. a lot of ways. <laughs> I, I would watch a spin-off that's
3: just Randy and Butters. Yeah. I have no idea I know what they would do, but I would watch, I would watch Randy and Butters. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. It's like,
2: like, there's like all these people that are like, oh no, ads are dangerous, ads are destroying, and then it just like, cuts to Randy, who's like, hey, look at this article. Oh, it got me. Ad got me, Sharon. Oh my goodness, this ad. <laughs> Whoops, the ad got me. The ad got me. <laughs> <sighs> so, I, 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 don't, I don't know. There's like, every now and then, there's like tiny moments where I'm like, you know, I, I can enjoy this just from like a comedic writer standpoint. It was just like, that's. Perhaps one of the better things to come out of South Park is just, like, that character's sort of, like, blissfully naive, like, getting thrown into whatever. Because he ends up just kind of being whatever. He was part of the PC culture fraternity because he went there to stop them once and then joined. And then he fought against them, and then he fought for them and against them, and then he was a spy. And then, like, you know, (laughs) then he was getting shoes with Caitlyn Jenner and, like, yeah. Stan,
4: straight white males in a capitalistic society have little understanding of victimization compared to injustices against underprivileged dicks in your face is a
2: very first world problem. I don't know where, how much it weighs into like the discussion that we were having, but mm. I, honorable mention, I guess
1: goes <laughs> to the fact that like,
2: <laughs> Randy Marsh for the
1: honorable mention. <laughs> I'm curious related to the gentrification. There was a line <laughs> that I wrote down. Mm-hmm. What is PC, but a verbal form of gentrification. I was just really like interested in that because I feel like, again, to me, it gets at the, the heart of something we were talking about earlier of like, there are, there are almost two different forms of PC culture, but this only presented one form of yeah. it. Yeah. But because a lot of, like, I would consider most, a lot of the circles that I run in to be quote unquote PC. Like a lot mm-hmm. of people would look at my friend group and be like, oh, social justice warriors. And we're very like critical of gentrification, you know, mm-hmm. but but this show conflated the two and so that they're related to each mm-hmm. other. And, and that to me, gentrification is like related to the like white liberal form of PC-ness. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. Okay.
3: I, I also find it interesting because these guys are very much the like we are pc we're totally pc whereas anyone who they're like because they're like we've also kind of been saying like they're not making fun of the quote-unquote sjw culture they're not making fun of uh people that are are like activists specifically they're making fun of pc and i don't think that they necessarily were going in this direction but it's fascinating to me to look at this idea that like they're proud to be pc versus most people that are like I, I fucking hate the term politically correct because it's a mm. very dismissive right. way of almost saying, like, you don't actually believe the shit that you're saying. Right. You're it's saying it's for a part of it a further political agenda. Mm-hmm. You're, you're saying it in a way that is uh, trying to be more about you and more about, like, politicizing things. Mm-hmm. And I, so for me, like, it, it just, again, I don't think that they were going in this direction. But there is something to be said about the fact that it's like, yeah, fuck. I also say fuck politically correct Shit, right. because I hate political, I hate the term politically correct. Yeah, right, that's <laughs> a great, point. That's a great
2: yeah. point. Yeah, and I think, like, combining that with the whole um, privilege, uh, privilege situation in PC culture, you know, we have a portrayal of PC culture from a privileged group of people. Mm-hmm. And the problem of collating or the problem where these two different worlds of PC culture, which is, like, a bunch of, like, privileged white people being like, oh, I'm super politically correct. I'm the most politically correct. I, I, I politically correct three times a day before breakfast. Um, <laughs> like, that's sort of, like, weirdly defensive, almost, but, like, whatever. But pushing that next to, and kind of mixing it with, like, the people who are fighting for equal rights yeah. and, like, yeah. respect and decency and, like, a place to exist where, like, you're not laughed at and ridiculed and, at worst, much worse things. Like, right. you know, me. it's dangerous for me because it feels like they're going to perpetuate the wrong idea. Kind of like mm-hmm. what we were right. talking about yeah. before about, like, oh, well, because they referenced the fact that, like, these two guys, like, impersonated a tran- like, trans woman to, like, use the bathroom. Yeah. Um, they're creating a weird expectation of, like, oh, well, people do this. So people right. are yeah. going to be looking at political correctness Terminology aside, um, as like, oh well, like you're just doing this to like feel special when yeah. it's more than just like I want to feel special as much as it's not. It's not like I'm not sitting around like
1: I want to feel special as much as I'm like I would love to live in peace. Right. right. Like, yeah. yeah. And so that's it. And if they it's had like, hit exactly. more, more directly on the three times a day before breakfast, people, <laughs> um, it would have. No. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I think they could have done that by a point that you brought up earlier, V. Of like, it was great to see um, Jimmy pointing out like the problematic ways that he was being treated, but if they had done that with other identity mm-hmm. groups yeah. and and gone with that theme a little bit more, um, I think that, that would have pointed out the hypocrisy of, like, PC-ness for the sake of being PC and for the sake of the political reasons. Yeah.
3: There's one other element that I think that we should talk about before we move on to complete judgment, uh, <laughs> and that is the bureaucracy of consent. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. It's not the term that they use, but it's that idea of, like, what affirmative consent looks like in PC, bro Culture, and South Park. McKenzie, you got consent forms? Oh yeah, right here, bro. Rise and shine, guys. If you scored last night, I need your consent forms. Uh, The idea that you need to fill out a form and make sure that the other person signs that form. And there's even the joke, like, uh, I forget the way that he this phrased it. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, Jensen, you had cunnilingus? Like,
2: that's a, a different it's form a different for that. Different a different form for that,
1: yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Whoa, Barker, did you perform cunnilingus? There's a different release form, bro. Yeah, one moment that that I I liked but I don't know if it is if I'm reading into it more than the creators would have wanted me to but hmm. I, I there was the the moment where the one character says to the woman like so uh listen, I think you're really pretty and interesting, and I'd kinda like to take you upstairs and totally crush your pussy. Would that be acceptable to you? And she's like,
0: Oh, well, I, I I guess it would.
1: And he's like, No, I need you to say, like, he is coercing her to say the statement that he needs so that he can do the thing that he wants to do, but it's still on his terms.
4: No, I'm sorry, I need affirmative consent. I'll need you to say, Yes, you may take me upstairs and crush my pussy at this time.
1: Right? Yeah. He's still like, I need you to say, repeat after me. Like mm-hmm. so so I liked it. I felt like that was a critical moment where they were like Right, he's asking for consent, but it's still consent on his terms, and he's mm. still kind of, like, forcing it out of her. Mm. Um, yeah, they yeah. managed to make consent a forced situation instead of... Yeah,
2: like, in that mm. situation, it wasn't like, hey, like, do you want to do this? And, and she was like, yeah, like, great. As much as, like, hey, you want to do this? Sure, I guess. And he's like, no, 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 no you, you need, need to, to stay it like right, this. Right, yeah. right, right. Which and he's, is it's, still,
1: he's still forceful. Right, <laughs> right exactly. Yeah.
0: And I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm probably saying the same thing over and over again. But once again, it comes down to we have this con- this kind of concept of consent being uh, monopolized in a certain kind of way by a certain group of white frat boys. So um, in an attempt to educate where is the concept of consent as we actually want to idealize it in society, right. you know, right. what we can't like, uh, I know if we're talking about going there and having the conversation, which they talk about in the season a lot, like, well, we have to have the conversation. The conversation's not even being had because that other viewpoint's not being presented.
1: Right. And would it have been stronger if the frat for boys were if there was more hypocrisy in, like, if mm-hmm. they actually were really bad about consent, to me that would be making a more important statement, because it's like, look at these people who are trying to be so PC, but then they're really shitty about consent. Yeah. But instead, mm-hmm. they took it in the opposite direction. Like, if they had made the the, the reverse choice, I think it actually would have been better commentary. Yeah. Mm. Just, there's literally only so much that says
2: why people can do in this conversation. <laughs> right, right. And I feel like South Park literally exhausted the absolute extent, yeah. hyperbolically so, mm-hmm. that they can do, because at the end of the day, we don't really have you know they presented like oh well we have this big problem it's like well maybe you should actually talk to people who are like affected by it instead Mm -hmm. of like having a bunch of privileged people circle the drain around it like a few times Mm.
3: there's also uh, the point at the the, the end of the first episode where two farmers are talking Well,
4: looks like things are getting all PC again well how long you think this will last lasted about six years last time we got at least 5.9 years to go
3: and
1: that was really interesting.
3: I, I almost feel like they couldn't have predicted this, but I feel sort of like because I know that they, they're making reference to like the late 80s, early 90s when it became this thing. Uh, and I know that like we go through cycles of like, we're going to listen to people yeah. until. Shithead comedians are like, why should I listen to people? Why can't I wear a white robe? Why can't why why can't I do this thing? Let me let me say the n word and the the p word and the the whatever word. <laughs> uh, not to not to minimize, but at the same time, like that that bullshit mentality. Yeah. And especially where we're moving, where we are. again, this is like two years old now. So they didn't specifically know that Trump was actually going to be in office and that uh, things were going to go uh, the, the the direction that they're going. But like, I don't know. Are we going to face a time where it's not necessarily like us saying like you have to be pc you have to be politically so much as like just fucking listen to us please because that seems like what the actual the other end of that is is well we don't have to listen to you trump is president right and Mm -hmm. yeah no i'm sorry to kind of like bring this up at like 11 o'clock in the morning for us but like (laughs) yeah i I think it's worth noting the the almost tone deafness of their their statement with that when it's in reality like in five or six years are they just going to go back to like I'm going to shit in your mouth, Pope! Right. Or like, I don't know what their storyline's going to be, but, yeah. I mean, yeah, well, I, I
2: mean, you could probably
1: pitch that to them, and they'd probably they probably take think that as hilarious. As, yeah, yeah. it. all right. Um, <laughs> I, I, it, it brings, it's like a bigger question about, like, is our political climate cyclical, or is it linear? Like, that's mm-hmm. a whole other conversation, but, right, but, like, this is almost arguing that it's that there's, like, a cyclical miss of it. Like, mm-hmm. oh, this has happened before, and it'll happen again, and we're in, like, this mm-hmm. phase right now, and then we're going to go into that phase, and it's all just kind of a cycle of- and-
2: in a way and i i don't want to come out in like strong defense of their point hmm. but in a way it kind of is cyclical i think so yeah you know like a lot of people right now hmm. there's this big culture predominantly and of course it's just white people <laughs> and he says white people listen to this sorry yeah. <laughs> um know that we love, you. we love
3: you know that ashley loves you at least uh,
2: <laughs> So um, <laughs> we're all about breaking down that binary oh, yeah. um <laughs> like, anyway uh but like a lot of like predominantly in uh white cis culture uh there's mm-hmm. a lot of people running around they're like oh well like racism's over yeah. like <laughs> yeah. Barack obama became president like yeah. we're not racist anymore but we are right. yeah. you right. know we don't mm-hmm. have we don't have slaves anymore except that
1: we do, we we do. Know. Yeah. and it's harder to it's like more <laughs> covert which actually makes it in some ways more dangerous which relates to the ad thing, kind of. I mean, in a weird way, they're like, ads are getting trickier and they're getting more difficult to detect. And I feel like the same could be said for like racism and opp- yeah. oppressive stuff in general. Like, mm-hmm. people think of the prison industrial complex as like normal and fine because criminals are bad and criminals mm-hmm. should be in jail. You know, like it's it's harder to defend that. It's, hard, it's harder oh. to t- talk about the racism of that than the like blatant racism of slavery or Jim Crow. So mm-hmm. that's getting better at tricking us as well. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah. And it's like, it's this. It's a situation where it's, like, all of these things. And kind of one of the problems about, like, addressing social issues in our world is that, like, we seem to be really good at patching up, like, maybe a symptom. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. every ten years. Right. Like, we can patch up one thing. Like, slavery was bad, so we... Fixed it, and then we didn't, didn't, and then Mm -hmm. we still continue to not for hundreds of years later. Um.
3: There was, and I I apologize for interrupting, but there was a a quote that I heard the other day that just really kind of stuck with me. Uh, It was from Adam Curtis. He was on Russell Brand's podcast, and he was saying uh, something to the degree of power doesn't work when those with it say, I am powerful. It works when those who say it, uh, when those with it say, this is normal, and we accept it.
5: Huh. Oh, yeah.
3: and it, it was just like, it really stuck, especially yeah. just to that point that you were making, Ariel, yeah. that, like... Normalization. Yeah, it's, it's all about the normalization of it yeah. and how much of that is... Uh, I don't necessarily know that we need to go even further because I feel like we might just be saying the same thing over and over again, but how much of that is in what the South Park folks are saying with this season, yeah. the idea of, like, well, then we'll normalize this, like, we're, or, or we're not going to
2: normalize it. Like, it, it almost feels like but there's they, something... They brought up normalization mm. in um, talking about the whole, like, Jimmy versus uh, PC Principle where... Mm. Uh, PC Principal went back to his his, his dude bros, and, um, and they're like, "Oh, well, like sometimes like some minority people like get so normalized to this oppressive behavior that they like start to parrot the oppressor's uh, behavior." So that's totally what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Which, like, honestly, that is also worth just a lot of examination because, like, on the one hand, that does happen. Internalized, you know, I've been dealing with internalized misogyny, internalized transphobia for. I don't know, my entire life. Um, But the way that they phrase it is also shitty. Because they're like, oh, well, they're doing this, so that way I can just be right still and not feel bad about myself, which is the wrong take on it. It's like, I think the most frustrating thing about it is that they keep on bringing up good points, and then they have the worst take on them. It's like, I
0: want to hear a woman talk about internalized misogyny, not... The PC dude, bro. You mm. know,
2: <laughs> and not don't. use internalized misogyny <laughs> yeah. and misogyny to like justify their own shitty behavior. Yeah. It's, because then like you're not painting it as like internalized misogyny is a problem as much as like internalized misogyny is not a problem. He's just being an asshole. Mm. Like,
0: yeah. there's a lot of presentation of problem, but no presentation of how to solve or how to move forward. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. they did
0: this,
3: and we we talked about it with the whole Randy Marsh Lord issue as well. Like mm-hmm. the speech that would have been fantastic for randy's wife to say to a a trans child or any any other person saying to a trans character it would have been a great speech Mm -hmm. but it was to randy marsh as lord and it was that idea of like you know if anybody like basically it was just like kind of a generic like if somebody says to you you're not normal fuck them they're not normal type of thing and it would have been great if it was said to a trans person but Mm -hmm. it was said to randy marsh wanting to poop as lord and it was just like it's it's like the same kind of thing like the the i don't know if it's optics maybe i'm just making maybe i'm just hearing words and using them incorrectly but like that idea of like what we're seeing versus what we're hearing just like what what we're seeing is these characters saying things that would be useful to a completely different character and create a completely different
2: uh scene Mm -hmm. yeah and instead they're just using admittedly Mm -hmm. valid points to just kind of circle around and just be self-congratulatory like look at how like aware we are but also mm. like we can be irreverent and like yeah so i don't know it 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 reeks of privilege in a way yeah. and it's just like you know oh well we know these points but like, psh, mm. like it doesn't matter to us mm. essentially mm. or maybe i'm still just mad because i have to watch season nine <laughs> <laughs> yeah so then let's go into the judgment uh.
3: yeah enter the visa-transphobic judgment welcome to the pet welcome to trans-thunderdome two individuals enter one individual Uh, leaves. okay
2: but spin-off idea for the
1: podcast oh my god God, trans-thunderdome right Right. (laughs) I'll (laughs) say (laughs) goodbye
3: <laughs> so two shows enter, one show. Well, both shows leave, but one is just. I mean, neither of them can technically. I, the show, the, but it's, the, it's we're getting concept, into the yeah, yeah, like we're we're right right the point is, we're gonna ask the questions that we ask every time. The first one being, is it transphobic? I normally immediately jump right to V. Of course you do. So I'm gonna switch it up so you got a little bit of time
5: because oh. you
3: also <laughs> had to watch season nine. So uh Jesse, yes. You can do, you can use a scale of one to ten. You can make a noise based on how you think uh, that embodies your opinion. Uh, however, you want to communicate. Is this season transphobic?
0: Going for this lens without providing representation on the team of writers or anything like that, or just like having these two dudes talk about this issue and be pretty um, uh, insensitive about it is pretty freaking transphobic, I think. Mm. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. Ariel. I say yes, and I say what makes it more dangerous is that I think that the show thinks it's not transphobic. Mm. Like I think that they use that like we're an equal opportunity offender bullshit defense to be like, well we are just offensive to everybody, but we really are not. But I think that that is actually more dangerous. Um, so I say yeah, I think it is. Okay,
3: i I'm, put I'm putting
2: it at about um, honestly in the scale of like all the stuff that I've seen for this podcast so far, I'm putting it at about a <laughs> six. It is transphobic. It's just like they didn't do anything in particular this season. Mm. Dramatic. Yeah. I have a wounded audience, I had to go through season 9, so, uh, like, yeah. comparatively, I'm like, yeah, it's still transphobic okay. and it's still <laughs> shitty, but, like, they didn't, like, they didn't make it worse. Than, yeah. <laughs> like, this isn't as bad as they've gotten, so, like, yeah. fine. It's just, it's there. It's mm. presently transphobic. Mm. Uh, I, I tend to agree with the 6 rating,
3: if we're doing 1 to 10, because uh, I it's definitely more than half. Like, we're definitely, like, I'm not on the fence. It's definitely tipped to, yeah, it is, obviously. But at the same time, I do kind of like the Caitlyn Jenner. Yeah, exactly. I do. I do yeah. like that they went buckle up, for, buckaroos. Buckle up, buckaroos. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do kind of like that they moved beyond. That it's still a lot of it is steeped in transmisogyny and, and bullshit. But like, yeah, some of it's also just Caitlyn Jenner totally hit something with with her car. Right. Um, yeah. And I and I do think that there is something there, but yeah. I feel like it's unpolished, and right. that's part of the issue. And maybe part of it is the creators thinking that this is perfect, and mm-hmm. that's all they need to talk about. But I really think that there's just something, some real nugget there that they were going for that they just didn't follow up on, mm-hmm. and it, it it faltered because of that, but they have learned a lot, and it's much better than Mrs., Mr. Garrison's shiny new vagina. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, that's my opinion on that. Uh, a question. Are you talking about season nine, or? No, no. Well, no. Was... just you <laughs> and me, V. To the season at hand. Oh. In addition to, is it transphobic? Hmm. We also ask, was it enjoyable? Should I go first? You, uh, you can if you if you've got an answer.
2: Same so, system. However, you need to describe it. Um, honestly, I'd also kind of put it at about a six because mm-hmm. while it was definitely one of the most irritating seasons for me to deal with because mm-hmm. it, it, they were almost talking about things that were important, but it was just shitty. Um, the ad the ad plotline was legitimately enjoyable and it was absolutely worth it to watch Jimmy take down PC Principal. Mm.
1: Um, So, yeah, I kind of did. There we go. I would say I'm sort of on the fence about whether it was enjoyable, maybe, like, with a slight bias toward no. I think there was maybe, like, 55% of the time I was not enjoying myself and 45% of the time I was enjoying myself. Um, I'm not anti this, like... I actually far prefer shows like Family Guy, which also has its own set of problematic bullshit, but Ooh. it's a show that I would rather watch. For some reason, I would rather watch Family Guy then. You know it was written by Manatees, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's my, that's my take. Okay.
0: Well, yeah, I'd say I'm feeling the same way. Like a good, you know, 53% enjoyable. And I think I wouldn't be here if I didn't enjoy it because, I mean, I'm not going to take the time to critique and ask for some kind of redeeming qualities if I don't want something to be better If I don't, you know, I don't. If I don't care about it,
3: you know. I think that this is one of my favorite seasons of South Park. (laughs) But this, but the the other subtitle of this podcast is also Ashley enjoys really problematic shit. (laughs) It's really really kind of become that.
0: But, did you did you enjoy Ace Ventura? I forgot. No, it was okay. like, <laughs> I, I used to.
3: And I you're really, okay. Yeah. You know what? So, quick side note, and I'll move back. Ace Ventura. I had no idea, and I've watched it so many times when I was a kid. All of a sudden, people recommended it to me. That was why it was the second episode. Everybody's like, "Well, you got to do Ace Ventura." Mm-hmm. I was like, why? Like, what? Really?
5: It's like,
3: oh yeah, no, we totally did have to do Ace Ventura. Uh, so, I guess I blocked that out of my memory. Uh, but. Yeah, so, uh, of course I loved it. Uh, I thought it was very well... I thought that a lot of the points were really well connected. It's just that little element that just... They didn't put a button that told me exactly what their actual opinions were, which they are usually very good at doing, which maybe I wouldn't even be looking at if they weren't so good at doing that Mm -hmm. before. Mm -hmm. And to to have a lot of things conflated, which was like, what? And also, I just find the the safe space one unwatchable. Um, I'd rather rather just not go into their safe space where they can talk about all sorts of stupid bullshit. But... Other than that, I think it's one of the better ones and all of the gentrification episodes within it are just
2: fucking yeah. phenomenal. This, this mm-hmm. is why you have to avoid midwestern sports bars. Just yeah. Saying.
3: Yeah. Oh, they got safe spaces in there that don't allow me in. It's just a bad time. Oh. <laughs> a bad so time. so so you would say that uh, they pizza when they should have french fries? I have to go. <laughs> 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 obscure cell Park joke. Uh, okay. So, in that case, uh, I think we can wrap things up. Right, yeah. Is there absolutely anything else about this season that we just haven't talked about that's just on your, like, you, you
2: need to get it out? I mean, I kind of wanted to get into, like, um, slur reclamation discourse. Oh, yeah, that was mm-hmm. a thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's... But that's a nightmare. Yeah. That is, yeah. Personally, that's just, that's just a nightmare to go through because, mm. like, as far as I'm aware, my perspective on, like, the whole, like, reclamation of slurs discourse is that it's pretty much entirely case-by-case person-by-person um you know i have a lot of friends who are comfortable reclaiming certain uh slurs to you know define um like me them whatever but like i personally am very touchy about a lot of different slurs so like Mm. I wanna talk about it, but like the closer I get to actually talking about it, the more I'm like, okay, I'm panicking, so
1: I I skip yeah. back away. I also yeah.
0: don't know that Trey Parker and Matt Stone are the people to talk about exactly. it. You know what that's actually I, an excellent I, point. I right. just don't think that this is their they're they should not be writing about you it. Can't, you can't you
1: can't take the creators out of the conversation no, can't. and yeah. they, like that a, Jimmy reclaiming a thing, as Jimmy as a real human being reclaiming a word, I don't feel like I have the right to tell him that he can't. Right. But it was the it was the writers of the show yeah. saying that he was reclaiming the word and that's where it becomes a mess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That's that's a really good point.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> tell 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 the people how to find you if if you want them to on the internet. Um, Jesse, you want a new
0: start? Uh yeah, sure. I have a website, jessierose.org Um you can also just look me up on my Facebook. I pretty much accept anyone. <laughs> it's public, so go for it.
1: Jesse's <laughs> a very accepting person. <laughs> um well, I'm on the verge of launching a YouTube channel. Ooh, so nice possibly probably oh, really? by the time Yeah. <laughs> um so maybe by the time this, this podcast comes out it will be live. Um so you can find me Ariel Mahler. That's my name, yeah. that's where I'll be. Or you can check out the web series I made last year, which is called Facades, the web series. And there will be more things soon, so stay tuned.
2: <laughs> okay, so um, all the different things. God, I'm the worst. Um <laughs> uh, so you can find me at Bandcamp at ViviAlligan.vancamp.com. I released an album very recently, um my like, ingraced and in status album to date. Um <laughs> you can find me on uh Tapastic, where I write the web series um the, the webcomic lifecycle, which is about immortality and a bunch of like trans and non-binary people using magic to overthrow a government. It's whatever, it's grand fun. I mean, um <laughs> uh, illustrated by my <laughs> dear friend Riley Stein. You can find lifecycle at Tapastic.com slash Series slash lifecycle, um, and then you can subscribe to my Let's Play channel, which is Captain Games, which is posted by me, and again, really uh And that's available on YouTube. And we're currently on a giant hiatus until I move to Los Angeles. Um, so yeah. gosh, congrats by the way. Thank you. Uh,
3: <clears throat> so my name is Ashley Lauren Rogers. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Lucretia Deerfor. L-U-C-R-E-T-I-A. D-E-A-R, the number four. Uh, you can find my website, AshleyLaurenRogers.com, as well as AshleyRogersPlays.com. Uh, I also want to note that we at Is It Transphobic now have a Twitter account. Ooh, we're, finally moving really into, yeah, we're finally moving into the early 2000s. <laughs> <laughs> but we do. We have a Twitter account. It's at Is
2: It Transphobic. I'm just warning you, ahead of time, 2006 was a rough year. Yeah. Like, a lot of <laughs> energy yeah. things happened into, in 2006. Oh, uh, no. I'm not looking forward to it. <laughs> uh, but yes,
3: so... <laughs> uh, we also have a Patreon, which is just a whole bunch of letters and numbers that are gibberish, so I'm not going to state them, but they will be in the description. You can support us, and even just for an extra dollar, for a dollar a month, contributing, you will have access to any mini-episode that we put out one month before we, we release them publicly. So right now, we have on there uh, PJ Paula Gonzalez, the Mistress who is a professional wrestler, uh, talking about her time being a pro wrestler. That's cool. Right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, So thank you very much, everybody. Thank you for listening. Yay!
0: Yay! Is It Transphobic was produced, edited, and coordinated by Ashley Lauren Rogers.
2: The Is It Transphobic logo was created by Phoenix Sweeney, and you can see more of their work at tinylionwords.github.io.
1: The original music you heard was all created by Vivian Aledrin, who you can find on Bandcamp at vivianaledrin.bandcamp.com.
3: All audio clips from South Park are owned by Comedy Central and are used through fair use for criticism.
1: Someone purposely had Principal Victoria replaced with the new Principal?
4: Yes. They wanted to use his PC as a means to start gentrification in our town. That's why we thought PC Principal was behind it. But now we know they were just using his PC abilities to service their own needs. When the Pussy Crusher story came out in Super School News, it started to make PC Principal question himself. He started digging for answers. They didn't like that. So they tried to distract and mislead him. With this. Sorry, wait, that's an ad for McDonald's. Hold on. With this. Oh, there's that ad again. God, these things are annoying. Anyways, whatever these beings are, they try to keep anyone from knowing the truth from... Oh, I don't wanna see a slideshow. PC Principal said something was trying to divert and distract his subconscious mind with this.